Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. God knows how to make us lie down. It might not feel good when he does it, but it's because he wants to give us his peace. Sometimes he'll take something from us that's so precious and we think that this is it, and he'll just take it away. He makes me to lie down. But Lord, I thought that this was it. I thought this was the answer. I thought this was the job. I thought this was the place. I thought that this was the one. He makes me lie down down. Not something I'm always willing to do. But his goal is to give me peace. The Bible says that Jesus is a peacemaker. That means, that sounds so sweet, doesn't it? Who's Jesus? He's just such a peacemaker. Peace, peace, peace. And it sounds so good, but when you really understand what a peacemaker is, what, what a peacemaker does, he goes into crazy, chaotic situations, and he cuts that thing in half, and he makes peace. He's a peacemaker. He makes peace. He brings order. That means that initially it might jolt you. Initially it might hurt you. Initially it might shock you. It might cause you to be like, oh, my God, what just happened? Oh, my God. But he's bringing peace to the situation. And many times in the midst of the storm, we always talk about the calm in the midst of the storm. That's God bringing peace. He makes me lie down. And green pastures. Green pastures is symbolic of, of a place of serenity. Think about it. Last year, my wife and I, we celebrated our eighth wedding anniversary. Amen. In a few weeks, we'll be nine years old on September 7th. Amen. I praise God for that. We were working up to 10. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was in um supermarket last night. This guy walked up to me, me and my wife. Sometimes we act like little kids. We play around. Like, pastors, you play around? Of course we play around. She's trying to, I'm trying to block her from getting by. Like, where you going? Where you going? Where you going? You know, she's like, move, move, move. Like, where you going? Where you going? Where you going? Whatever. So this guy walked up to me, and he said, he said, that just really touched me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, he said, and God just walked, he said, that really touched me, that you and your wife still have that type of, I never met this guy before. You and your wife still have that type of connection. I, I felt it was genuine. I'm like, I mean, this guy almost broke that crying. He said, you know, I have kids, and they drive me crazy. I have my wife, and I love my wife, but we've just been going through so much, so many issues, and I love her, but, you know, I just saw that that just, that just encouraged me. I'm like, me and my wife, you know, you don't know what you do that would touch folk. You know, he said, I'm working two jobs, I'm trying to make, and this man just poured out his heart to me. I'm like, I'm trying to get my cold cuts, so I can go home and make my hoagie. You know, try to get my television program on, and he comes, and I'm like, wow. And I was touched. You know, that, that, really, that really touched me the whole night. I was just really thinking about that. I'm like, sometimes just your interaction will encourage other people. Your life story. People are watching you. We don't really realize they're watching you. You know? And so when we're there, God would make us lie down. He 
what would make us light out in green pastures? We went away to this retreat spot up in Vernon, New Jersey. Free commercial, yeah. And as we went there, we saw the mountains and saw this green lush of trees and forest. We sat there on our balcony and just looked and was like, wow, look at the blue sky. Look at God's creation. It was just breathtaking. It was awesome. And so I hear that God puts us, makes us to lie down in green pastures. It's in a place of beauty, a place of serenity. A place of peace. That's what he wants for us. He leads me beside the quiet waters. I think about a stream of waters. Have you ever went um, hiking in the woods and you hear a stream? And you see the water, the the little leaves coming down the water stream? Just peaceful. Just peaceful. That's God. That's God. Just peaceful. God is painting a picture for his people to see. As a shepherd takes care of a sheep, as a shepherd puts the sheep in a place of rest, he'll do that for us. Jehovah Rahi calms us with his peace. And then the last part of that statement, he says, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. I want you to turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, he restores your soul. Now, we know that the soul comprises of the mind, the will, and the emotions. That's the soul of man. The mind, the will, and the emotions. Many times when we go through traumatic times of adversity, what are the things that affect us or that affect it? Is the mind or the thoughts that are coming in and out of our mind, our will, the things that we want to do, decisions that we do, whether good or bad, and our emotions. Sometimes they get out of whack. We become overwhelmed. We become fearful. We become stressed out. We, 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 we become reclusive. We become depressed. God deals with our mind, our will, and our emotions. He restores our soul. He's saying that I will restore you. All the things that you've given out, all the things that you have exerted, all the energy that you have exerted, I will give back to you. He will restore your soul. He will give you the peace that you need to overcome. I love the scripture in Philippians. says, present your request to God. In other words, your prayers. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, being God's peace, God's peace, not, not human peace, Human peace will fade just like that. Let someone tell you bad news. You go, oh, I can't take this anymore. That's human peace. God's peace is where all hell break loose. It's like, why are you not breaking down? Why? You all right? I'm all right. I'm going through a tough time, but I'm all right. I'm going to trust God through this. That's the peace of God. The world can't give that to you. A human can give that to you. Only God can give that to you. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, you can't understand why you got this peace. You can't fathom how you can still be so calm in a chaotic situation. That's God's peace. And the Bible says it will guard your heart and your mind. In other words, it will guard your soul. It will protect you. It will guard your heart and your mind. That's God's peace. That's him being a shepherd again. He's protecting you. The shepherd protects. 
through Christ Jesus. Jehovah Rohi cares for you with his provision, number one. Number two, calms you with his peace. Number three, and I'm closing, comforts you with his presence. Jehovah Rohi comforts you with his presence. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love this verse because I was always think about dark shadows and everything and the valley of death. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a scary place. Who would want to walk through a valley of death? Seeing caucuses laying on around, I think about sitting skeletal remains in the sand. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I'm going through this hard situation where there's nothing but death all around me, there's nothing but dead things, old things, past things all around me. Oh my God, what, what place is this? And, and then I read the scripture and God is saying, you're missing something. He said, look at the word. He said, look at that scripture. Look at that statement again. Even though I walk through the valley, he said, not the valley of death, the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, it looks, it appears as as if you're going to die. It appears as if everything is death around you, but it's only a shadow, a shadow. If I were to stand a certain way, you could see my shadow in the ceiling. You could see me. Waving my hands, I could do a hand puppet, quack, 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 quack. I could, I could do, do something with my hands. You, you see a shadow, a shadow. It's the valley of the shadow of death. It, it, it looks, it appears as if I'm going to die. It appears as if I'm going to lose it. It appears as if all hell is going to break loose. It appears as if I'm going to lose it all, but it's nothing but a shadow. And the great thing about a shadow You cannot see a shadow unless there's light somewhere. And the last time I checked, Jesus is the light of the world. And so that means that even while I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's still there with me. The Bible says that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, he will guide me. He will lead me. He will give me what I need to sustain me to walk through this dark place. But as long as I see a shadow, I know that he's there with me. Because there was no light. It would just be pitch black darkness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me. Your light is guiding me. It's, it's, it's causing me to walk through. It's giving me illumination. And I love, I love the great thing about shadows because shadows are behind us. <laughs> shadows are not in front of us. Shadows are behind us. It's the past. It's something that you're walking through. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't make that place my habitation. I'm just visitating. I'm just going through it. I'm not trying to stay there. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, that means that I'm coming out. This motion happening, even though it doesn't, even though it doesn't feel like I'm moving, I'm moving through it. 
Even though I feel like every morning I open up my eyes, I'm still in the same place, but I'm really not. Because shadows follow you. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. God's staff, his rod. His staff, his, his rod. What's the difference? The staff and rod, they, they look the same. Your rod, your staff. What's, what's the difference? Rod, staff, isn't just a long stick. And anyway, what, what, what's that? What's that? Look at a shepherd's stick. Many times you see a, a traditional shepherd's stick. It's curved. Comes down. Your rod, your staff, same thing. Your rod, your staff, I flip it one way, it's one thing. If I flip it another way, it's another thing. Your rod, your rod, the very thing that you use to protect me against wolves, the very thing that you use to protect me against the enemy, against elements, your, your staff, they comfort me. When I'm about to get in trouble, you yank me out. You hook me up. If I'm about to fall off a cliff, you're able to pick me up. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. It's, I'm comforted to know that anything that happens, you got my back. He got my back in this thing. I might look like I'm alone. <laughs> I think about some kids walking after school, they're about to pick up this boy. And it looks like he's walking alone, but everybody says his big brother's two steps behind him, but he's not walking with him. It looks like I'm out here by myself as a lamb for the slaughter, but you don't realize that I got big Jesus behind me. I, I, I know he's walking a little far back, so you don't know that he's with me, but I, I, I'm protected. I'm covered. That rod, that staff, it comforts me. It gives me an assurance that I'm not in this thing by myself. He comforts me with his presence. The Bible says, continue reading in Psalm 23, verse 5, it says, you anoint my head with oil. The word anoint just means to smear with oil. You smear my head with oil. Now we know that, amen, as Christians, oil is symbolic. There's, there's a lot of symbols in the Bible. One of the symbols for oil is the Holy Spirit. Like water is representing the Holy Spirit, or water represents the Word. Fire is another symbolization of the Holy Spirit. You anoint my head with oil. And it sounds so spiritual, but really, they really do anoint lamb. The shepherd really does anoint sheep. There comes a time, different seasons throughout the year, where a shepherd will actually groom his sheep. And he actually rubs his sheep down with olive oil. Why does he do that? To get rid of parasites. He anoints my, my head with oil. In other words, he covers me. He protects me. He removes the very things that irritate me. The very parasites that eat at me. The things that I might not even see that affect me. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. It was symbolic in Jewish tradition when someone was visiting, uh, when someone was a guest in someone's home, that they will pour a drink and the drink will overflow. It meant abundance. It meant you were welcome here. Now, if I pour the cup and I went half full, that means that you only got a short time here. But if I pour the drink on, it's about to go over to the brim, and it's pouring over. That meant that you're welcome here. You're warm here. You're, you're protected here. You're covered here. When King David says, my cup overflows, in other words, I'm protected. I'm welcome. I, I, I'm accepted. I'm a part of this flock. My cup 
running over. <laughs> Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that same chapter says, you prepare us a table. Hallelujah. You prepare us a table before me in the presence of my enemy. In other words, God, you set me up in the midst of chaos and bless me. See, wolves can only scour around when the shepherd is there. They really can't do too much because they know that sheep are protected. They're, they're trying to go around. But many times the sheep dogs will try to block the wolf. You know, you prepare us a table. Come on, it's like going, nah, 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 in the devil's face. The devil can't do anything, and, and, and the devil can't do anything about it. You prepare us a table in the midst of my enemies. Okay, how do we break that down into real, real, real day terms? Oh, oh, okay, okay. You're at your workplace. You're at a job, right? And no one really cares for you. You're like the underdog, right? And everybody's ignoring you, and your colleague, your friend, who everybody likes, he's going to get the next promotion, right? And so he says, yeah. They don't call me for that next promotion, right? Because I'm going to get that, Bob. You know, I've been working hard. I'm going to get that promotion. You know it's going to be me. I'm going to be next. Yeah, he's like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. And stuff like that. And all of a sudden, they say, you're promoted. And, he, and Bob's like, oh, snap. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Where people have put you in a place of disgrace, a place of disdain, where they had counted you out, where they had counted you less than, where they had counted you out for, for even participating on this type of level. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemy. In other words, God sets me up for success. I know that on the outward, uh, uh, on the outward, on the outlook of things, it looks like I should fail, but I'm not going to fail. Because he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, my enemy can't do nothing about it. Surely goodness and mercy follow me. Like two angels. Goodness, one name goodness, one name mercy. They following me. They following me. They following me. Come here, Olu. Come in, Dwayne. Come up here one second. I gotta show you this. I gotta show you what it looks like, so you you can understand this. Okay. All of your mercy, Dwayne. Your goodness. Follow me. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, wherever I go. They follow with me. Even if I, if I stumble, goodness and mercy, it, it's still, even if I go into the wrong place, goodness and mercy. Because sometimes goodness can help me, but I need mercy to get me out the trouble. Goodness, and even though I'm limping right now, I hurt myself, but goodness and mercy, even though I might be in a tight place, but goodness and mercy, they're following me all the days of my life. Even though I made a mistake and the church said I would never recover, and they counted me out. But goodness and mercy are still following me. 
Even though I feel like I'm not going to make it this time and I feel like I'm about to give up, but goodness and mercy, they got me. They're not going to let me fall. Even when I feel like I'm going to give up and I can't make it. I can't go any further. Oh, God, I, I need your help. God, I can't make it. But goodness and mercy that follow me all the days of my life and I should dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Goodness and mercy. They will follow you. Follow you in the tight places. God is saying he's going to be with you. I don't care what you did. I don't care what mistakes you made. I don't care how, how people look at you. He will be there for you. The Bible says we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us had turned to his own way. Away from who? Away from Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. Even as Christians, we can forget that God is our shepherd. We can't forget that he's the one that's leading and guiding us. We can't forget that he's Lord. Why do you call him Lord, God, when you pray? Because we say he's Lord because he's the one that's our master. He's the one that's in charge of everything. We call him Lord. It's out of his reverence, out of his authority, out of what he has done. We call him Savior because he saved us from sin. He saved us from going to hell. Heaven is not for perfect people. It's just for people who say, Lord, I messed up and I need your help. Ain't no one about it says you got to be perfect. Goodness and mercy, they follow me. Even when I trip up, they help me back up. Goodness and come on, that's him being our shepherd this morning. And God wants to be your shepherd today. I was reading a book recently called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by an author named of W. Philip Keller. He asked some beautiful questions that I want to close out with today. And he asked these questions. He said, as we look at God, the Lord, Jehovah-Rohi being our shepherd, do we really belong to him today? I want you to ask yourself that question. Do I really belong to him today? Do you have Christ in your heart today? Do I really belong to him? Because, you know, we could put on a facade like we got everything together, but God knows the heart. God don't look at the outward appearance. He always looks at the heart. He sees what me and you can't see. Do I really belong to him? Another question Keller brought up. He said, do I recognize his right to me? That if God is my shepherd, that means it's not about me anymore. But do I recognize his right to me? I'm making all these decisions, doing this and doing that, but am I consulting him? Do I have his A-OK on this situation, in this circumstance, in this decision? Is this the right time for that? Do I recognize his right to me? He gave another powerful question. Do I respond to his authority and acknowledge his ownership? Do I respond to his authority? In other words, he said, go, I go. He said, stay. I say, go left. I go left. Whatever he says to do, I do it. Do I acknowledge his authority, meaning his lordship? Do I sense a purpose and a deep contentment 
because I am under his direction. Are you at peace? Are you content that he's in control? Because sometimes we're not content. We're frustrated. We're angry. We just want to give up and throw in the towel. But do I sense his contentment, a, a deep contentment and a purpose because I am under his care? God wants to be Jehovah Roki. He wants to be your shepherd today. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I am the good shepherd. That means if you say he's the good shepherd, that means there's some bad shepherds out there. Who's your shepherd this morning? Is the Lord your good shepherd? Or are you allowing something else or someone else to lead you this morning? I'm just going to ask that you all bow your heads. Close your eyes. If you prepare to move on in our worship experience. But I don't want us to leave this morning without acknowledging God being our shepherd. God loves us with an everlasting love, the word of God says. He covers us with his grace, with his mercy, with his, his kindness, his peace, his presence, his provision. Following him doesn't mean it's going to always be easy. Just like sheep going through the wilderness to a green pasture, they climb up steep mountains, steep hills, and go down through deep valleys. The, 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 the trail is not an easy trail. Life is not an easy trail. He never promised it would be perfect. But the one thing I do know that as I go through this journey called life, I'm not going through it by myself because I know that God is my shepherd and he will provide for me. So I ask you the question this morning, is God your shepherd? Is God your shepherd? Do you know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior? Do you want God to become your shepherd this morning? Or maybe you say, well, Pastor, uh, I think God is my shepherd, but I just, I just want to make sure. I, want, I, want, I just want to make sure that he's my shepherd. I just want to renew my commitment so he could be my shepherd. I, I want to start afresh. I want to renew my vows in a sense so that I know that God is shepherding me. If, if, if that's you this morning, I, I just want you to slip your hand up. No one's going to make you stand up or, say, or do anything crazy. But you just will renew your vow to God. Or you want to make a vow to God. Say, Lord, I want you to be my shepherd this morning. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer this morning. If that's you, say, God, I want you to, to be my shepherd. I want you to lead me. I, I want you to guide me. Just raise your hand. I see that hand. Amen. I see that hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. God, I want you to lead me. I, I want to know that you are my manager, that you would give endless attention and meticulous care to me, to my life. I, I want to know that you're going to protect me during the times when I make stupid mistakes, those times when I'm fearful, those times when I feel vulnerable. You're going to give me the care, the attention that I need. You're going to be a rod of your staff. They're going to comfort me. I, 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 I want to know that I'm under your diligent care this morning. I, I, I want that. I want that. Just raise your hand. I want to pray. I want, I want, I want to pray with you. I want to lead you in the prayer today. So you can make that commitment back to God today. If that's you, I just want you to repeat after me. Dear God, I want to say that with boldness. Dear God, amen, I'm coming back to you. 
I want to recommit my life to you. I want you to be my shepherd. I want to be the sheep of your pasture. I want to be under your care. I want to be under your guidance. I'm trusting in you, Lord, as my Savior, as my God. I want you to be Jehovah Rohi and lead me even now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray for each and every individual this morning, God. Father God, we were coming to you because we want you to lead us. We want you to guide us. We want you to give us the things that we stand in need of that we can't provide for ourselves. And you being the good shepherd will not withhold any good thing to us. And so we're trusting that you will lead us and guide us every step of the way, God. So, Father, we bless you and we praise you for your mighty works and acts in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise, can we?